Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And welcome to our third week of Magic Story for Kaldheim. We've got another main set story to talk about, along with another side story. This is the first one without Nico, so we're leaving them behind for the time being. But before we hop into that, we have uh, one piece of news, which is, I guess it's really two pieces of news, but they are both related to uh, the the recently announced uh, Secret Lair Black is Magic, which is a uh, secret lair slash charitable, charitable, I can word, uh, <laughs> promotion that Wizards of the Coast is doing for Black History Month in February. I, I, I guess the, the first thing to start with is uh, the Secret Lair itself, which was uh, the designer was led by Sydney Adams, uh, who is a uh, black woman designer in wizard has has been doing a bunch creatively with magic behind the scenes for a while now uh but has put together uh this secret layer which is going to feature how i forget how many cards hold on seven like seven cards uh all all illustrated by black artists all featuring black characters and uh we got uh, the first two previewed today, which was uh, Shalai, Voice of Plenty, and Ponder. And the uh, the Ponder art shows uh, the character Riel from Ikoria with uh, teaching a young girl about prophecy and divination. 100% of the proceeds from this secret lair are going to be donated to Black Girls Code, which is a... Uh, charity group that um helps uh organize and educate opportunities for um young black women in uh stem fields um game design engineering those kinds of things watsi doesn't get the money it all goes to charity and you get a ton of cars they're going to be revealing uh all during february uh and these secret layer goes up uh, February 22nd. There are uh, foil and non-foil um, for 50 and 40 US, and I forget what the quoted costs in other things are, because there are like three different articles about this, and I am very lost right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we, we will link to all of them on our Twitter, at the Vorthoscast. On our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash thevorthoscast, and also on Tumblr for anyone who's on there, which is also at thevorthoscast. Uh, so you can read about all that stuff, and um, introducing kind of all of this was a piece by uh, Jantel Layson-Smith, who is, I, I want to get her title correct, uh, she, she is uh, the Director of Diversity, Equity, and inclusion at Wizards of the Coast. This is a new position that they created last year. This is kind of one of the initiatives, uh, public-facing initiatives that she's been working on along with a bunch of stuff uh, behind the scenes internally at the company. And um, that's awesome. This is good stuff. These are the kinds of forward steps that needed to happen, and they're happening. I do want to say, uh, if you get a chance to read the Designing Black is Magic article, 
uh, written by Sydney Adams, it includes when talking about the art and the card choice of Ponder, an actual like little piece of microfiction about Riel. So there is Vorthos content in these little product announcement articles, um, which I think is really cool. And the story is really good. And it made me feel very good because it's just a it's a feel good story about Akoria, which is one of my favorite planes and about bonders, which is one of my favorite concepts. I just was a I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So that is the thing that exists. We're going to point you to the information on, on the socials uh, and uh, hell yeah, get it. I'm going to buy like at least two of them, probably more because I really, really like the art that's on these cards. And so far, the two card choices are very cool cards. And with that, uh, we're going to talk about our Kaldheim stories. And and the first is episode three of the main story, titled The Saga of Tybalt. (laughs) The the main Uh, stories. Where are you laughing at? uh, Just Tybalt. (laughs) <laughs> He's a funny guy. <laughs> uh, uh, like um, like the other main stories for the series, for the set, I mean. Um, this is one's uh, written by Roy Graham with contributions from Jenna Helland. And uh, this one is... I don't even know how to like introduce and say what... Hmm. I, th- I think the best thing for me to say is that Whatever summary we give is not going to adequately convey what this piece is like to read. And if you're a listen to story summaries without reading the actual kind of stories person, great. That's part of the reason why we do these. But if you read, go read the saga of Tybalt for yourself. Uh, it, it is relatively short as far as uh, the web fiction goes. But it is just utterly delightful because the entire thing is Tybalt's own self-narration about his actions he has taken on Kaldheim. We kind of do uh, a series of flashbacks to, like, hey, what's Tybalt been doing since when, you know, between when he arrived on Kaldheim to when we met him last week uh, with uh, Tyvar and Kaya. And um, it, it's all done in Tybalt's voice. It's framed as Tybalt being like, look, I've wrought all this chaos on Kaldheim, and my work is almost complete, and when the plane is in ashes and cinders, uh, there will only be one saga left to tell, and that's my saga, so here it is. And, like, I love him so much. (laughs) He's so, he is so theatrical and goofy. I'm just going to read, I want to read the first paragraph, just to give you an idea of what it's like. The saga begins with a planeswalker named Tybalt. Not only was he powerful and brilliant, but he was also despised by most everyone he met on account of his many gifts. Not that it bothered him. However, on account of his many jealous enemies, Tybalt travelled often from place to place and never stayed on one plane for too long. This is the story of how he came to Kaldheim, and how he met the horrible beast. <laughs> horrible beast is uh, capitalized. Yes, hor- horrible beast capitalized is referring to Vorinclex. Uh But th- this is Tybalt's megalomaniacal view of himself. But like, 
All these people hate him and keep running him out of planes because he's just this shitty con artist. Oh my god, this is just the start to the music man. <laughs> are you are you telling me that Tybalt is the music man? Yes. I mean, okay, I see it. Goodness. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to get the character growth that Harold Hill does, but... <laughs> I don't think so. Tybalt's the exact kind of person who would walk into a town square and, and shout about how billiards is calling, causing trouble in River City and <laughs> get everyone in in a flurry of panic so that they buy his the instruments that don't exist. Ah, no, my brain's on Tybalt is the music man now. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Um, for those of you who, who want an actual <laughs> summary of what happens in the story, uh, <laughs> so we we start off and Tybalt, Tybalt is, uh, we get a little bit of Tybalt's voice there before he even starts telling the saga, explaining why he's telling the saga, essentially. He's great, he's telling that, and then the first thing he mentions is how he comes to call time and this horrible beast, who is Vorinclex, uh, sneaks up on him one day, which is a very weird concept because Vorinclex does not look like the sneaky type. Um, and stuck Tybalt with a nasty, tricky sort of poison. He called this poison a seed. So, uh, yes, Vorinclex put his seed in Tybalt. Oh, boy. It's fine. Frexia never did a bad thing to anyone. Uh-huh. I could have gone my entire life without reading the phrase Vorinclex put his seed inside of Tybalt, even though I'm sure there are plenty of fan fictions that you can now read all about that. Uh, and probably some fan art out there, so be careful with your Googling. But, um... Oh, God. <laughs> uh, he does this to cover... To, to convince Tybalt to make some chaos to cover for the Praetor, uh, who is going to be doing some other things on Call Time. Which means uh, we have confirmed that Vorinclex is there for a purpose. He is not just accidentally on call time. He has a reason to be there. He is doing something, and he needs cover. I love Tybalt's reaction of, Oh, I was planning on making a mess of this place anyway, so okay. With this new idea in mind, he's going to... He needs to find a cover ID. And what better cover than the God of Lies? So he finds a way to trick the God of Lies... And bind him in the ice caverns of uh, who we know as Narfi, but who Tybalt explains or describes as a greedy uh, zombie person. Hold up, what was his exact terms? There was this frozen mummy of a king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and calls calls the Draugr gold-crazed bunch of zombies. <laughs> Like, like I said, go read the story because it's filled with a lot of these silly descriptions. Yep, and then once he has come to this arrangement with Narfi and has his cover, he goes to find um, a way to manipulate the Omen Path to allow travel a little bit easier throughout the plane. So he finds a metal-brained, oblivious species of blacksmiths. And with them, he finds Cole, uh, one of the greatest of, or the greatest of all of them, who has just so happened to create a sword that he intended to give to Halvar, god of battle. And uh, not only does he steal this sword, 
he kills Cole with it and then pushes Cole into his own forge. I love Tybalt. <laughs> this is the exact kind of stuff I would do if I was playing an evil character in a D&D campaign. By the way, yeah. you should let me play evil characters in your D&D campaigns. I am a fun person. Well, for the podcast one, you're our DM, so you get to be evil characters all the time. This is true. Yeah, so uh, after he gets his sword from Cole, uh, he then decides that the best way to sow chaos is to uh, go between these realms and convince them to all want to attack each other. Uh, so the sword allows him to open omen paths and walk between realms, which makes it a lot easier to travel. Uh, and he goes to Skimfar, you know, the land of the elves, uh, and finds a good old Harold and... Uh, makes him very paranoid, more so than he was already, and convinces him that he needs to prepare for war. Uh, he does this again with the uh, the Skell in Sertland, um, tells them that Vargoth will be returning, so they should be preparing for war. And then he, uh, I think he also does the trolls too. The Skell are in uh, Bredegard. Uh, Sertland yes. is where the giants are. Okay, that's where he went. Yeah, he uh, he tell he tells the giants that the trolls are going to invade, uh, and he t- tells the um, Skell that uh, their demon lord Varagoth is going to return, so they should st- form raiding parties. And he's like, "Look, the problem is Starnheim, because angels are goody two shoes, and they're very powerful. So I can't just like go there and convince them to fight things." But also, if I just poke a bunch of holes in it and lure Coma, the Cosmos Serpent, there, well, gosh, I guess uh, an event that happened last week is what would happen, which was uh, Nico and the Valkyries having to deal with Coma, the Cosmos Serpent, uh, punching into Starnheim uh, and threatening to destroy the most sacred of realms. At at some point, uh, this is also where we find him uh, um, instigating the trolls on uh, Notbold. Uh, that's where he gets interrupted by Kaya and uh, yeets himself through an omen path to... Um, I almost said Muspelheim, but that's the actual <laughs> place that um, Immerstrom is uh, based on. Uh, and uh, so... Uh, the saga of Tybalt ends with him uh, dragging his sword behind him, making a lot of very obvious marks of his path because he wants to lure Kaya right to him so that he can kill her and make her watch as he creates the largest doom scar Kalpheim has ever seen, which is going to overlap multiple worlds and create a huge war. And uh, that that's his prediction for how it's going to go. We'll We'll see, I guess, how things happen. I love Tybalt. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> He's he is exactly my flavor of villain. I love it. He's he's hitting those nickel bolus marks that I really needed to hit, you know. Except uh, he's a little less apt and uh, capable, right? Like he gets away with all the stuff because everyone thinks he's Valky and nobody's messing with him. And he was unknown to any other planeswalker until last week's episode so uh tybalt is almost scary but his ego and 
ability to be not great at the things he does uh, prevent him from being like a truly terrifying threat. And I appreciate that about him a lot. Where, He's just um, incompetent enough to not be taken seriously. Right. Like, he could be the Joker if he wasn't just not good enough at being the Joker. I think he um, he has all of the red and black elements that made Nicobolas such a good villain to me. And none of the blue elements that made Nicobolas a boring villain. Yeah. He doesn't plan ahead. He has no idea for like what's going to happen next. His only idea is like, oh, I just I do these things and I make these problems. And then when anything happens to disrupt that, I feel like Tybalt is going to be the kind of person who like goes, ah, well, uh, uh, backup plan number two, uh, I'm going to stab you. And then that's what he'll do. Or run away. He, or like, run he away. Liter- Whereas Bolas is is very roughly uh, blue cleverness, black selfishness, red um, anger and and arrogance. Tybalt is just like only selfishness and arrogance. He doesn't have that forethought or uh, planning skills to like really be a villainous mastermind. He, he's like an internet troll. He shows up to cause chaos and egg people on, and then when things get serious, he, he stops replying to the threat. <laughs> this tweet has been deleted. <laughs> that's that's Tybalt's I, I don't know. I don't know if he would delete the tweets. He would just not respond anymore. He would stop using his burner account is what would happen. He, he, would, he would very much delete tweets if he thought deleting tweets would infuriate the people he was trolling. True. Fair <laughs> enough. It is, but yes, it is. Uh, it's a very good short story. It's very, very short. I felt, um, but that's fine because uh, it's like the little intermission story that says, "Hey, if you were wondering what was happening behind the scenes in the previous two episodes, here you go." Um, and also, it was written by Roy Graham uh, with contributions from Jenna Helland, who had a uh, broken brow. Also, our next story was written by Roy Graham with contributions from Jenna Helland. So they kind of got a. Uh, back-to-back in the same week. So you get lots of Roy Graham, which I think is a good thing. But speaking of Broken Brow, that was our little... um, I keep saying the word little. Nothing any of these people do is little, by the way. It is all significant contributions uh, to Magic Story, and these are all very talented, very capable writers. Uh, It's just a little habit. Um, But our (laughs) other story for that week was Broken Brow by Roy Graham with contributions from Jenna Helland. Uh, It is... The story of Arnie Brokenbrow, who we have a card for. He's a legendary creature in the set. He is notable for having a giant horn of some kind stuck in his head. And as we discover today, uh, that is a tusk from a troll. And this short story is written using one of my favorite ways to write a short story and has some of the my favorite storytelling elements when it comes to like a short story. And it's great. So it starts out with uh, these two Valkyrie, uh, a Reaper and a Shepherd, who are watching this battle that's about to occur between some Skell Raiders and some Tuscari, right? Uh, Is it Tuscari? Tuscari? I don't know. But anyways, they're about to fight each other, and they're watching because they think, ah, we're here because uh, that's their new leader, Arnie Brokenbrow. Uh, The Tuscari, who's leading, you know, he's leading, are outnumbered by quite a bit 
Uh, the Skell, as you know, are raiders and very capable at killing people. And so they're just like, we're here to clean up the mess that's going to happen because we're going to have to take a bunch of these people to uh, maybe to Starnheim, maybe not. Uh, and so they show up and they're having this little conversation about, you know, who these people are. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce these Valkyries names, if anyone else wants to give it a... I I I have thought about this. So the shepherd's name is spelled uh, N J L A N J A L A, which I think is Nyala. Uh, and the reaper's name is A L A J N, which I've been pronouncing Elaine. I've I've just been turning the J's into Y's. Yeah, that's what I've been doing as well. So uh, I think that's right. Feel free to let us know if we're doing it right or wrong. Um, yeah, so Najala and uh, or Yala uh, is sort of confused about this because she's like, why are these these people who are uh, so outnumbered about to get into this fight? And she asks about it and uh, she she's like, that guy, the one with the red hair and the horn in his head, who's not particularly big and not particularly scary. Uh, that's their leader of all of them. And the Reaper, uh, Elaine, responds, yep, uh, that's the leader of all of them. And Nyala says, uh, what is he doing here? And Elaine says, my guess, he was bored. So we already (laughs) get this idea that like Arnie is just like rousing. He's like a rabble rouser. He wants to get into a fight. He'll fight anyone. Um, And so they're they're watching this and uh, the fight happens and the skell like try and surround the Tuscari and then suddenly the Tuscari who were just kind of like you know blocking some arrows occasionally just kind of looking a little relaxed just run through the skell line they charge straight through it they tear them to pieces they win the fight um it's a lot of Tuscari bravado and not only that it, it causes the the raiders to like to go into a full route like they they end up running away like they they died dishonorably yeah nyala was thinking yeah was thinking she was going to be like claiming a bunch of heroic to scary souls and uh elaine wouldn't get any work and then it ended up being the exact opposite <laughs> elaine has to go check uh run down some of these skell who are running away and take them to istfel um it's it's very funny, and it sets up the sort of conceit for the whole episode, where these these mm-hmm. it's all through the view of like these two Valkyrie, the this Reaper and Shepherd pair, who are watching Arnie Brokenbrow and all of these absolutely wild things Arnie does. And one thing to note here is that Arnie, right before he he jumps over the line of the uh, was it the Skeld. Mm-hmm. The scale. And right over he right before he jumps over the line, Nyala could swear that she sees Arnie wink at her as if to say, watch this, right before he jumps over it, right before the route commences. And it, it triggers a, a sort of surely he couldn't know I'm here, because you know, he can't see me. And, you know, it, it's it it, it 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 causes there to be a sort of uh, infatuation it, it, it's the seed of an infatuation that Nyala has with him as she follows him around to, for the rest of the story and it's just golden the The next scene is uh, back in Starnheim where Nyala um, finds a dwarven skull named Horngart and is like yo what's the deal with that Arnie 
uh, broken brow guy. And the scholar's like, oh, have I got a story for you? So um, the, the the rest of, of this short story is uh, a back and forth between uh, this dwarven skull telling the story of how Arnie got his name uh, and uh, Nyala and Elaine following Arnie around, uh, waiting for him to die. And so the saga begins that Arnie Goatleaper and his band of Tuscary were... Uh, alerted to a bunch of trolls in the area and were like, hey, we're going to be, you know, we could wait and like gather more warriors and more provisions and really go fight these trolls. But if we take too long to prepare, someone else might go defeat them first and get all the glory. So we're just going to go and fight and hope it's good enough. And then we cut back to the present where uh, Nyala and Elaine are watching Arnie and his band of warriors try and fight a dragon. And uh, uh, none of the warriors can get get a good hit in because the dragon has this uh, whip-like tail that's able to keep all the warriors at bay. And um, Arnie is just like sitting there tying a whole bunch of knots in this rope. And Nyala's like, what are you doing, Arnie? You're supposed to be this great warrior, but you're sitting there like a coward. Go die already. You're supposed to be over there dying. What are you doing tying knots? <laughs> so uh, Arnie then runs up towards the dragon with this lasso. Lasso is one of the horns and the dragon flicks its head, uh, intent to smash Arnie on the rocks of this mountainside. But he like pivots and lands on his feet and jumps off and lands on the dragon's head and is able to uh, like loop this rope around and stabilize himself and then take out his sword and stab it right in the brain, killing it instantly. <laughs> um, so he single-handedly kills a dragon. Um, and, and like right before he does, he like gives this smile that Niall is like, there's that like, hey, watch this smile. What the heck? What is this guy doing? How is, how is he doing these things? This is amazing. And so we uh, cut back to the saga and uh, Arnie, Arnie and his uh, warriors find the trolls. Um, they're uh, held up in a cave, but there's way more of them than they thought. And there's like literally no way that, you know, an all out battle between them and the trolls could be successful. So Arnie is like, look, we got we got a good way out of this that gives me a lot of glory and he walks uh solo he walks into the troll cave and is like look we have a huge army out there and if you anger us we'll be able to slaughter every single one of you but if you want to save your troll lives i we can settle this one-on-one -on -one, me versus your leader in a headbutting contest and which <laughs> the trolls agree to because it's like this guy's small for a human. What's he gonna do? Uh, and then my 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 favorite of the things is uh, it cuts back to the present and uh, there's a huge ring of uh, Tuscari and Kana warriors uh, and there's a uh, an honor duel between Arnie and a gigantic human um, named Tover Giant's Blood. Uh, who really, really wants to kill Arnie because Arnie accidentally pissed on his ancestor's grave. <laughs> Surely you've gotten lost and pissed somewhere you shouldn't have before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's it's such a... 
like this is probably the longest stretch of the story that doesn't get interrupted by anything because it, it really just is this fight scene between uh tover and, and arnie which is a really good fight scene roy is just knocking out of the park with these fight scenes and so tover is the wielding an axe meant for like giants and trolls uh yeah so Ar- arnie can't close the distance between him and tover because this axe swing is too long and too fast um so he's like you know what uh and, and then he gets like he he thinks he can dodge and then he gets hit with a feint uh and is is like gets up off the ground uh tries tries to get inside the axe swing gets kicked down gets up off the ground and is like you know what enough dodging these hits and the next axe swing he just takes his sword and like cleaves the axe head right off the uh the shaft and uh tover being gigantic just bear hugs arnie and starts squeezing him uh now it's just Nala doesn't want him to die this time. This has yeah. been like eight times. She's about to step in there and stop him from dying. She sees him on the cusp of it, and she's like ready to fight to keep Arnie alive. You know, you've you you've had a you've built a great reputation when the very operatives of death are willing to step in on your behalf because they don't feel that you're dying in a way that befits the your the rest of your life. That's that's some crazy crazy props. Oh, yeah, and she knows that if he dies here, he's going to Starnheim. Like, this isn't her interceding because she's afraid he won't go. She's like, it is a, it is guaranteed he's going to Starnheim at this point. And she is like, but she doesn't want him to die. She's ready to step in. And Elaine has to, like, stop her. And she she's like, no, this is, we are Valkyries. This isn't our job. And then Nyala sees it. Arnie is, uh, Arnie's grinning. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing that look. That grin that says, watch this. And and Tover has, like, lifted him up in the air and is, like, I I guess, like, has them, he's, like, holding him above him or something. Like, he's about to slam him down. And Arnie meets eye to eye. And then Yala remembered how the story ended and how Arnie Brokenbrow got his name. And then uh, we fit, we go back to the story of Arnie. Arnie slays the troll. So, uh... Back in the saga, Arnie and this troll leader are headbutting each other back and forth. Uh, they have been going for a long time. Neither one of them is backing down, and like the troll's getting worried. Like, what the hell? This was supposed to be easy. We're gonna have to cheat. So uh, they go. He goes in. The troll leader goes in for a headbutt, uh, but then um, at the last moment, uh, arcs his head. And bonks Arnie with one of his tusks. And the tusk sticks right into Arnie's skull and snaps off. But thick-skulled Arnie is not phased and just continues and follows through with the headbutt. And knocks the troll out in one last hit. Uh, and, and this is how he got the name Arnie Brokenbrow. And took down the trolls and made a big name for himself and, you know, returned leader of the Tuscari and stuff. Um, and so th- that's where the story ends. But the implication here is that, um, you know, uh, in-, in the present that Tover has him uh, eye to eye right now. And as his head goes back, Nyala knows what's coming. And one of these signature headbutts that's probably just going to, like knock out this gigantic mountain of a man in one hit. I don't know that it's going to be a knockout. I think it's going to be a kill. <laughs> KO. <laughs> KO from headbutt. 
I I love the way the story ends. Yeah, the the way that 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 horn is sticking out of his head, like it could kill that other guy. I love the structure of this short story so much. Like this is the exact kind of sort. Like when I want to sit down and read a short story, this is what I want to read. I love that it uses the whole storytelling aspect of it. The fact that like this person is legendary and you get that because not only are you looking at it from the point of view of observers of the story, you're looking at it from the, like the viewpoint of these Valkyrie who are watching. So you're watching a story being told, but at the same time you have this sort of frame around that uh, where it's being Nyala is hearing the story from the storyteller, from the scald in Starnheim. And so you're going back and forth between like these little heroic vignettes of Arnie and the story that's being stretched out through the whole short story of him and the trolls. And so like we know how the story ends because we all read the little flavor blurb on Arnie. Um, But if you didn't know anything about Arnie, you'd be reading it and be like, how is he going to defeat these trolls? A headbutting contest? And then you're watching him like maneuver around all these other obstacles and like cleverly dispatching his you know enemies and fights and you're like oh so this guy's like really clever he's really smart and it keeps going back and forth and then the last thing you get is arnie being held by this you know mountain of a man as you said this person who might be part giant and you get that little moment where you're like oh these two people are now face to face and something's gonna happen and then you get the end of the story of how arnie got his name where it's revealed he got his name by headbutting a troll to death, and then the story ends. And so Roy, the, the author, doesn't make you, he doesn't tell you what happens next. He doesn't say, and then Arnie headbutted Torver until he died. You just know. And it's just like a really nice ending. I love that. And you just, you know that no matter what happens, Arnie is about to win this fight. And he's not just going to win this fight. He's going to Starnheim. He's going all the way. Once he is dead, he is going to have a place at that table that Nyala has already prepared for him. Also, I love that Nyala is kind of like a fan. Like she's a Valkyrie fangirl. She's like, (laughs) she like wants to follow Arnie around and like watch him do this stuff because she's just a fan. Yeah, like, like I said, when you when the very arbiters of death are watching over you and are about to intercede because they don't feel that you should die yet, like you know you you've done something right with your life, and that that's crazy to me. And I love that part of the story. It was, like this whole story was great. I, I really enjoyed the story. So I, I I will say about the ending. Um, this this story specifically is uh, honing in on the part of Kaldheim that is about mythic sagas, the tall tales that get told about the heroes and their deeds, and by not telling us how the actual fight with Tover ends, and by only implying a, an ending by telling us another mythic story. Like, it doesn't matter the reality of how that fight with Tover ended. What do you believe happened? What makes the best story for that kind of ending? Right? It's it's not about the literal truth. It's about getting lost in the mythology of this hero. That's just literally what this story is about. It's, uh, you know, Nala's our POV character. She literally gets wrapped up in the mythic stories about this hero. Um, It is just about the entertainment 
and the absurdity of one moment to the next. And it doesn't matter what's real. It doesn't matter what's truth. You know, it's a, there was a line in the first Nico story when, uh, I think it's after Birji tells, tells the saga and, uh, she, Nico and, um, Kel, Kel, uh, are, are talking at the table and it's like, Hey, are all these things true? And it's just like, if you believe them to be, you know, like it, it's, it's about, Literal truth is just not as important as the spectacle. And this story doesn't end with the literal, literal truth. It ends with the spectacle and, and makes you fill in what you believe or what you want to happen next, um, which I think is excellent for this kind of story. I, I want to see someone do a Nyala cosplay where they do like the whole Valkyrie get up, but they're wearing a, a broken brow jersey and they've got like a broken brow Funko pop and like <laughs> do a little photo shoot at their house. And it's like a Arnie broken brow uh, mouse pad and like, you know, just, Oh, that would be great. She, she's a big fan is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I am a fan of Kaldheim in general and uh, the story so far in particular, they've been uh, really enjoyable and I hope all our listeners are enjoying them too. We've got, uh, I think, two more weeks of this. Yeah. We've got two more main episodes. And then I think we have, are we doing all of it next week? Is next week our, uh, yeah. So next week will be our final episode of story for Kaldheim. Mm, where I think that's mm. a little ambitious. Ambition is Kaldheim, right? So, like, you know, we're being a little ambitious, and maybe we'll have to change the story a little bit next week. <laughs> to be fair, I don't live on Kaldheim, and I have to edit the podcast, so <laughs> I don't want to do a two-hour episode. Um, I don't know. Crap, we'll figure it out. But I, I think that's going to do it for this week. Which means it's time for final thoughts. Uh, and I just don't know what my final thought is i have been very busy uh with work so um i'm a little my brain's a little fried and yeah that's a thing how is it february already what the hell i'm in the same boat lorelei um uh work's been kind of hectic the last couple weeks and i'm kind of fried myself uh, but uh you know it's it's interesting I guess things are looking a little bit better with the new president just gotta hold the the new administration to the promises that they 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 made and we'll see what happens but uh yeah that's, that's all i've got i want my two thousand dollars right fucking now yeah, we, uh, me and Brian have the, the joy of being able to call up Democratic senators now and pressure them rather than talking to the brick walls that were uh, our Republican senators for the last forever who didn't do anything. It didn't matter how many times you called them. Yeah. I want my $2,000 every month <laughs> until the pandemic is over, which at this rate is going to be like 2036. So, oh, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Well, I know that both of y'all's brains are fried, but my brain is perfectly raw. It is still jelly. It is not fried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I have a final thought, and my final thought is uh, that I uh, 
really, really enjoyed uh, WandaVision. I finally watched it last week. Um, it was really good. Uh, I think uh, we've been talking a lot. Oh, our, our Discord server. Oh, my God. Like, I had to pull myself away from conversations we were having about the MCU and WandaVision. And we spent literally the first 20 minutes of our time recording today before we started recording talking about the MCU. We had to force ourselves to stop. So that's what fault. you get with your live listen to here. Um, because I love Wiccan so much. I'm just going to say that. And if you know anything about Marvel, you know what I'm talking about. Big fan. And I'm really excited about uh, the future of uh, Marvel uh, media because I, uh, I'm i a simp. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to keep talking. You could have left me off with a good segue to talk about our Patreon by talking about Live Listen. But instead, he left off on the word simp. So now the segue is going to look something like, if you too are, are want a simp for the Vorthos cast, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast and support us today. Uh, and there you go. That's your weirder segue. But, um, <laughs> you know, like Chris mentioned, we have a lot of people talking about WandaVision right now on our Discord server, which you get access to for everyone who supports us on Patreon. We have a bunch of wonderful Vorthoses who are talking about the new set, talking about new media stuff. We are enjoying things that we are capable of enjoying, which is a very diplomatic way to say that a lot of the world is still very bad, but we're doing our best and we're doing our best together. And, you know, that that's not nothing. We've got a nice community with a lot of wonderful folks, and we would love for you to be part of that because... Uh, that's kind of all we got right now, and uh, that's that's a nice thing. Uh, and and you listeners are nice people, so thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. <laughs>